Hello, and welcome to The Purpose. I'm Bill Brunson. And I'm Kip McClure. And today we're going to be talking about the Gospel of Matthew, the 25th chapter. We're going to be in, begin reading in the 31st verse. Uh, it says, Now when the Son of Man comes in his majesty with all of his angels with him, he will sit on his majestic throne, and all the nations will be gathered in front of him. He will separate them one from, each, uh, one from the other, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right side and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who will receive good things from my father. Inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then those who are righteous will reply to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you, or naked and give you clothes to wear? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? Then the king will reply to them, I assure you that when you have done it for one of the least of these, my brothers or sisters, you have done it for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Get away from me, you who will receive terrible things. Go into the unending fire that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry and you didn't give me food to eat. I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. I was a stranger and you didn't welcome me. I was naked and you didn't give me clothes to wear. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and didn't do anything to help you? Then he will answer, I assure you, that when you haven't done it for one of the least of these, you haven't done it for me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous ones will go into eternal life. Now, I know you're probably thinking, if you're tracking along, listening to this each week, um, as these uh, podcasts are, are being dropped, then you're thinking how did we get here? I mean, last week was Thanksgiving. Most of you probably have Christmas decorations all over your house, either all beautifully adorning your house or just in sheer chaos still. And here we are at the judgment day. Uh, with the sheep and the goats and the separating the good and the bad, the righteous and the unrighteous. I mean, we are at a place where you're thinking, I thought we would be singing about the little baby Jesus born in a manger. And here we are talking about this moment somewhere in the future when the son of man, Jesus, sits upon the throne and enacts the great judgment. Well, here's why we are here. Uh, let's talk about the Christian year for a second. I know that you have been anxiously awaiting to talk about the Christian year, um, but I'm going to fulfill that desire for you and let you know that the church operates off of the Christian year. And it means that every year, starting on the first Sunday of Advent, which this year in 2023 will be on December the 3rd, 
from the first Sunday of Advent all the way through to the Sunday before the first Sunday of Advent next year, we are in a Christian year that goes through Advent and Christmas, Epiphany, Lent, Easter, Pentecost. Then we switch over into, and some, and, and, and our church will refer to them as the Sundays of Kingdom Tide, uh, just because the other term used are the ordinary Sundays. I don't know. I just think all Sundays are sort of special, so I don't like calling them that. And then we move our way all the way back up to what we celebrated on Sunday, uh, the last Sunday of November this year, which was Christ the King Sunday. Every year, the Christian year goes from the birth of Christ through to thinking about how Christ is king. King of kings, Lord of lords, like you may hear in Handel's Messiah, if you, if you uh, hear the Hallelujah Chorus, uh, King of kings and Lord of lords, that's who Jesus is, but that's ultimately who Jesus will be when all of the years wrap up. And so that's what we do every year. We go to that final moment and we think about how the kingship of Jesus is different than any kingship on earth and the kingship of Jesus is eternal um, and that we should be following Jesus as our Lord, following Jesus as our king. And so even though next week we will launch into Advent, this week we are at the end of time and the judgment is taking place and Jesus is seated upon his majestic throne, and he is separating people the way shepherds separate sheep from goats, the sheep on one side, the goats on the other side, and then he is enacting his judgment. It's, it's sort of like uh, how you celebrate uh, New Year's Eve uh, for, for the Christian calendar. We celebrate it by by celebrating Christ the King and how powerful He is. And a lot of the passages that we often preach are on the Lordship, the Kingship, the, the glory of Christ. But it's always fun to get back into Matthew because Matthew just kind of goes down a rabbit hole toward toward the end. And uh, there's a lot of weeping and gnashing of teeth and judgment and things uh, to really call people to think very hard about what they do with their lives, and what the eternal consequences are of that. Right. And, and so we're at, as we look at this judgment scene, there's a couple things. Well, one thing in particular that always stands out to me, he separates the righteous from the unrighteous. And yes, it's the sheep from the goats. He separates the righteous from the unrighteous. The, the sheep are on one side, the goats are on the other. And then he gives them the criteria of why he did that, um, why he separated them that way. And the ones that are coming to receive good things from his father who will inherit the kingdom that was prepared for them, his rationale is, that he was hungry and he was thirsty, he was a stranger, he was naked, he was sick, and he was in prison. And they showed up. They responded. They reacted. They, they cared. And then he looks at the ones on the other side, and he says, I was in all these places again, and you didn't react. You didn't care. And I, and I love the response because it reminds you of the, the show's 
where the undercover boss is working in the uh, in the store that day, and of course you know they have fake wigs and all that stuff. And they said, "Well, when were you when were you sick and hungry and in prison?" And uh, and Jesus says, "Well, it's the least of these. If 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 you've done it unto them or haven't cared for them, then you haven't cared for me." Yeah, it's you know it's that idea of what we do for each other we we give our all as though we are serving Christ himself and that's a big ask i mean i know it is but to have that mindset that the person that we're reaching out to who is in prison or sick or who is naked or hungry or thirsty uh, or a stranger if we if we recognize that they're made in the image of god like we are uh, and loved by god like we are then our response to them should reflect that. That kind of response is we're responding to Christ in them. We're responding to someone else made in the image of God. And these people responded. You know, and I, and I love the fact that they, they didn't notice. They didn't do it intentionally like, I'm trying to get points with the boss. Um, I'm trying to get points with him, you know, because on, on shows where there is an undercover person, if someone figures that out and suddenly they start doing really, really well at their job, or they start trashing their other boss or their coworkers trying to get, you know, to look better than they are, it, it sort of defeats the purpose. I love the fact that, that these people didn't know. And yet they're doing what comes naturally to them because obviously their faith has made a difference in them. And then the others seem to have had all the same opportunities. It wasn't like one group has the opportunity to, to minister to Jesus in, in all of these ways of uh, being hungry and thirsty and all the rest. And then the other group only had the one option or had different but really bad options, and they didn't do it. No, everyone has the same chance. Everyone has the same opportunities to serve Christ. The question was, question is, whether we do it. And in this story, one group did, and one group didn't. And unfortunately, I, that's still the same way. You know, we were uh, talking earlier about the difference between sheep and goats, and um, they're really not biblically. You know, goats are, are they're unique places where they show up, but they're not really evil per se. Um, very different from sheep. Um, sheep uh, are more easily led. They don't really do anything but eat grass. Goats, yeah, they can. You know they're kind of like uh, your toddler. Uh, they can get out of control and and uh, do things you don't want them to do. Uh, but uh, as you, as you were saying earlier, the they from a distance you really can't tell a difference in the two, and they both basically fulfilled the same purpose. Well, the sheep would would provide wool, but it would f- provide food for the people of Israel. So it's not like they were. You know, a lion versus or versus a, a, a sheep, or something like that. Uh, they seem to look a lot alike. They don't seem to be that different. And I think that's how it is in the faith. We all sit 
next to each other on the pew, and I don't know what you've done this week or haven't done this week or how you've loved people or cared for people um, that are, are the least of these, and, and you don't know that about me, but we look a lot alike when we're sitting on the pew. Yeah, and you know, and the the judgment that Jesus is talking about, while we everybody sort of looks alike sitting out there, um, the the people that we interact with every day, everyone, you know, is there may be differences, but there's a lot of similarities between us and everyone we meet. Um, what Jesus is talking about is a judgment that's based off of of what we do, how we live as a disciple. Not just when people are watching, not just when when we are trying to be good at church, but all the time, anytime, how we live as a disciple. Because obviously this story tells us that Jesus is always watching. Um, and so how we serve and love and show grace and, and extend mercy, all of that is being noticed by Jesus. And all of that makes a difference. And all of that's where, what I guess from this story, what we're judged on. It's not what we promise we're going to do, but it's what we actually do. You know, he told a parable one time about two sons that were asked to go out and work in the vineyard. And one son said, I am on it. You know, put me in, coach. I'm heading out there. I'm going to go out there. You will never have experienced a vineyard worker quite <laughs> like me. I'm going to, I, I will be probably vineyard worker of the month. I mean, there's going to be bottles of wine sitting in, in the barn by the time this afternoon. Absolutely. Gets here. Already bottled, picked, picked, stomped, bottled. It's all going to be there. I am there. And then, of course, he never leaves home and never goes out to the vineyard at all. The other son, when the dad asked him, hey, son, can you go out and work in the vineyard today? He said, uh, no. Uh, got other things more important. I've got other, well, really, I just don't want to go. And so I'm just not going. But then at the end of the day, he went out and actually worked in the vineyard. He changed, his heart changed. And he decided, I really, you know, dad, dad doesn't ask much. Um, I'm going to go out and work in the vineyard for him today. And Jesus said, so which do you think actually did the will of the Father? <laughs> and, of course, the answer is the one who goes out there and does the work. He might not, he might not jump on it Im immediately, but at least he finally, his heart changed, and he went and did it. I mean, there's a lot of folks in our world who they, they talk a good game of faith, and they talk a good game of of you know yes I'm going to I'm going to serve and I'm going to get more involved and I'm going to do I'm going to do those things that that I know that I'm supposed to do I'm going to get on the disciples path and I'm going to grow and then they look up and another year has passed and you know and then another year has passed and uh, and the the needs are all still there. And the opportunities for growth are all still there. They just haven't availed themselves of any of that. Like the son, they said, hey, I am all over it. I'm going to be church member of the month. And yet they didn't actually participate in anything. They didn't do anything. And there was, there were those people that were hungry and thirsty and naked and sick and in prison and all that. 
Yeah, but that didn't really work into their schedule to make those visits or to, to make those calls or to, to offer that food or water. But then those other people, there's there's other people in the church every day that their hearts change. It's their relationship with Christ that becomes the dominant driver in their life. And so somebody's hungry, let me at them. Uh, I can I can cook, I can bake, I can come down and work in the food pantry and distribute food. Somebody's thirsty, let's raise money and go dig a well for them. So they'll, they'll always have they'll always have water. Someone's sick, you know, I can write a card, I can deliver flowers uh, from the altar from the altar on Sunday. I can go by and visit them in the hospital or in the nursing home. I mean, you have those people as well that that they're yeah at whatever point in their life their heart changed and they decided, you know, this is what it means to be a disciple. And it's not just about promising and not doing and hoping that God will be okay with that. It's about living out my faith. You know, and Jesus, uh, when he started his ministry in Luke chapter four, uh, he's, he took the scroll uh, is Luke four seventeen says, and he took the scroll of the prophet Isaiah it was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and he found the place where it was written, "The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the release of the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set those who are oppressed, uh, to set those free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor." And so, Jesus was looking back to the Old Testament. What was it that God wanted Israel to do? What was their calling? And Isaiah captures that, and and he says the calling that God has given to Israel through Isaiah is, is my calling. And we, we see throughout his life where he cares for the poor, and he uh, he sets, gives sight to the blind, and uh, he helps those who are the least of these the forgotten ones the the la, uh, the, the people who have leprosy as we as we looked at before, uh, a week or so ago uh, and so that's how he lived out his life so if you want to be a true disciple of Jesus then you do that because that's what he did uh, ultimately that's how he lived his day-to-day life yeah it's it's all about the day-to-day um, we think we think that the divine judgment, something that big, something that critical, the difference between eternal life with Jesus or, according to this, eternal life in that place that's been reserved for the devil and his angels kind of thing, um, we, we think about that kind of decision, that kind of moment, divine judgment being based off of these big, life-changing life-making decisions that we do of of I'm going to enter the priesthood or I'm going to answer the call to be a pastor or I'm going to go and live in a monastery or on a mountain and pray all day. According to this story, the judgment comes not based off those big, giant decisions we make, but they're based off of, the judgment comes based off of those decisions that we make Every single day of our life, the commonplace things that we do and the commonplace things that we do not do. 
You know, we in our heritage are followers of John Wesley and Charles Wesley. And uh, when John got to Oxford when he was, I guess, probably about 17 years old, um, which I just can't fathom kids living that young away from home. Uh, and uh, But I guess 18 is not far away. But anyway, it was young sometimes going to those universities. And so you can imagine all the, you know, the, the, the antics that college kids would get into. But John was very serious about his faith in being a disciple of Jesus, and they started what they called the Holy Club. And what they wanted to do was what people in monasteries do or people who had been uh, – became monks or uh, – uh, had become priests uh, to to work out in the with the people in need, but they wanted to do it um, not as as the only part of life. They wanted to live a normal life, but they believed that they could live that holy life, that they could become that type of saint who cared for others, uh, even while they lived a normal life uh, of a human being, and so. Um, there's this balance between being living in God's world, but also living very much in the real world that is a part of our heritage with John Wesley. And they did incredible things, uh, started a lot of ministries. Right. The, uh, the, Wesleyan, the Wesleyan idea of uh, a balance in our life, of a holiness of heart and life, is key to who we are. Um, we are supposed to, yes, we're supposed to be people who study Scripture and learn what Jesus said and learn what Jesus calls us to do, that Jesus came to, to give sight to the blind and recover you know, all of all that he promised out of Isaiah that he had come to do and, and to see how Jesus took time with everyone that uh, from the – from the greatest of these to the least of these, he always stopped and always took care of issues and needs and showed his love to those. We're supposed to learn all that, but we learn all that in order that it changes us and what we do and what we say and how we live and how we work and how we play, everything in between. It's that Wesleyan balance of holiness of heart and life that we are we are trying to be we're trying to get our heart to be more like Jesus wants it to be and to know about Jesus and to know about faith and to know about all those things but then that has to affect our life you know like the book of James talks about it's it's not that we do the works in order to be saved but because we are saved because we do have a relationship with Jesus that causes us to do the works and it spills out of us. Uh, if we know that Jesus calls us to, to care for others and we see someone in need and we simply don't care, I don't know how we balance that, that Jesus calls us to care for others in his name, to care for the least of these, and then we choose not to. I mean, that's, there's not really a way to balance that out and to make that seem right. Um, that's, there's a lot of justifying that has to be done uh, to make that to, to make that match up, and it still won't match. It's still going to be a, a square peg in a round hole. We might can drive it down in there, but you know it's still not going to work. 
And Jesus is obviously, according to this this story of the great judgment, Jesus is obviously watching. Yeah, yeah. And he knows. And he's pretty serious about this. And he's pretty serious about this. Yeah, so I think there's a moment in life where you kind of have to take a step back. I mean, almost take a sheet of paper and pencil, um, or if you want to use your phone on a notes or whatever, but to make a list. How is it that I am caring for the poor? How, how am I helping the hungry? I mean, we look at our church. We, we try to have – and we're blessed with a number of ministries that help uh, those who are in those situations. I, I think of May May's Hugs with the coats for uh, for children who don't have them. And it's just a variety of ways to get involved. But at some point, we have to t- take an account of our lives and say – where am I actually doing that? Because it sounds like at some point God's going to take account of our lives and ask, when did you actually do that? So maybe as we are celebrating Christ the King Sunday, as we think about the end of the Christian year, as we're about to enter Advent and the uh, celebration again of the birth of Christ uh, coming into the world for each of us, for our salvation, um, maybe we ask ourselves, if if we've made that promise of, you know, I, I have accepted Christ into my life, I want to be a disciple of Christ, I've made that promise, put me in coach, I'm going to be Christian of the month uh, because I, I want to be faithful to you, I want to do, if we've made all those promises at some point in our life, what does that look like today? What does that look like this past week? Is it the bare minimum of, well, I went to church, or I watched church online, or I listened to a really amazing podcast? Amazing podcast. I mean, a podcast of equal to no other podcast. Um, maybe, I mean, is that is that is it the bare minimum? If you look back across your week or maybe across your day, if you're honest, do you see opportunities where Christ has maybe given you an option, an opportunity, a moment where you could have responded with love, with mercy, putting the hands and the feet to work for Christ in some way? When you hear the stories of a food, like our food pantry serving 300 people every two weeks and you hear the stories of our car ministry or the story of, of uh, other, other people doing other things in other communities um, and you think, wow, that is amazing. Uh, that's, that's great. I, that's the, I, I would love to do something like that. Do you just think it? Or do you find a way in your life to make that happen? to carve that time out, to make that a priority. You see, the the story of the judgment isn't it isn't about people aren't being judged as goats and sent away because it, they, the, the king on the throne says, stand up here one by one and I shall list all the vile, horrible things that you have done. I will start from your, you know, from your earliest moment uh, all the way through to the last, and I will list every graphic and horrific sin you have ever committed. No. In that moment, 
the judge, the king on the the throne of judgment says, you had all these chances before you, all these opportunities to serve, to help, to be the hands and feet of Christ, to show love and mercy, to do something that might make a difference in a per, another person's life, to truly be a blessing. And for whatever reason, you chose not. You chose not to. I mean, that's that's to me the saddest part of this of this story that Jesus tells, this prophetic moment that Jesus gives us, is the people on both sides, the left and the right, had the same opportunity to be faithful. And one chose to, not trying to be self-serving, not trying to get anything out of it. They chose to be faithful because they knew that that was what they were doing things that Jesus wanted them to do. And the other side had the same opportunity and maybe they were too busy or maybe that they thought whatever it was, was beneath them, or maybe they were going to do it later. Whatever their reason, they had the same opportunity and didn't. So maybe as you're preparing and, and getting ready for the, the uh, season of Advent, take a moment and ask, this child that is born into the world for you, uh, to grow up and to die on a cross for you, who will one day be the judge, the great king who uh, sits on his majestic throne. What does that mean for you today? How does that how does that affect your life today? Are you making the promise and then not doing the work, <laughs> not may, let you let me own, not not letting it change your life, or are you being faithful? In all those opportunities that come your way, are you trying to do what Jesus would want you to do? Something to think about as you go through this week. And next week, we will move on to Advent. We will start a brand new Christian year, and it will be, uh, we will be dealing with the stories leading up to the, the story of uh, the very first Christmas. And so I hope you will join us again on the purpose.